Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. We're going to read one verse. Exodus chapter 23. Amen. And verse number 20, Exodus 23, verse 20, Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Amen. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for the wonderful move of your spirit already in this house. Thank you, Lord, that we have the freedom of your spirit moving in this place as we worship you in spirit and in truth. And thank you for touching hearts. And let this word resonate in our lives today in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want to preach on the subject, the place he prepared. The place he prepared. Amen. You know, we plan and prepare many things in our lives. And we try to do things unique and special, amen, for the occasion, for the person, amen. So, you know, we prepare meals, just regular meals or special meals, amen, uh, you know, for, for people, for friends or whatever. And no two meals are just quite the same, amen. They're all just with a, a little bit of love and a little bit of attention and your handiwork and your fingerprints and a dash of this and a pinch of that, amen. We prepare our homes for the uh, the holiday, uh, we prepare parties and birthdays and anniversary parties and retirement parties and baby showers and and they're all there's no two alike they're special but depending on who's planning and preparing we prepare to go on vacation and we take different things based on where we go and the vacations are never the same even if we go to the same place you know twice in our lifetime those vacations are not identical we prepare our homes for the holidays as we start looking toward amen the holidays amen and each preparation is unique and special and no two are alike. Amen. They are a result of the creative handiwork of one or more people. Amen. And God, who is omniscient and all-knowing, prepared so many things in the Bible that were unique to the situation at hand or to the person or people he was trying to deal with. And I want to preach on the the place he prepared. Amen. He prepared so many great things. For example, when it came to the children of Israel after 400 years of Egyptian bondage and it was time for them to get out, it wasn't going to be easy. So he, amen, knew exactly what type of plagues would need to be coming toward against Egypt to bring that that great kingdom, which was a world power at the time, to its knees. Amen. And I specifically uh, uh, think about the plague of the locusts. You know, locusts are kind of like grasshoppers, but they get together in these huge swarms. And when they come into town or into some farmland, they can ruin every bit of vegetation. And locusts were not a new thing in Bible times. People had dealt with them many times in the 
the past. However, there was something different about these locusts because God has specifically prepared them for the Egyptians. And the Bible said in Exodus 10, 14, and the locusts went up over all the land of Egypt and rested in all the coast of Egypt. Very grievous were they. Before them there were no like locusts as they, and neither after them shall be such. They were especially prepared locusts just for that occasion. When God prepares something, it's not like anything before or anything after. When you talk about the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea, the children of Israel are out of Egypt. They think they're out of harm's way, but then they're up against the Red Sea and the mountains, and then there's Egypt right there. And they begin to hear the, the, the pounding hoofs, horse hoofs, and the chariot wheels of a very fired up Pharaoh and his army coming for revenge. And God put them off for a while, and God had Moses part the Red Sea. Praise God. It was a miracle prepared just for the children of Israel. It was only for them. Amen. And when they got across, it was their salvation. It was their miracle. And when they got across and Pharaoh was allowed to go, he said, I'm going to go across that just like they did. But I'm telling you, they were drowned. Amen. In that watery grave. Because when God gives somebody a miracle, it's not for anybody else. Praise God. And the enemy can't take it advantage of somebody else's miracle what saved one group of people drowned another group of people amen praise god the bible said in first corinthians chapter 10 verse 1 moreover brethren i would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and were passed through the sea it's talking about this very thing and we're all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Amen. So that crossing of the Red Sea was figurative and symbolic of water baptism. Amen. So they crossed the Red Sea. It was the baptism is part of our salvation. And they were saved by going through that Red Sea. Amen. Though they weren't really getting red, maybe they kind of got splashed a little bit and uh, some mist and so forth as those two walls of water stood. Amen. Uh, on either side as they got safely across but I'm telling you folks amen it was their salvation and our sins are left at the bottom of the watery grave of baptism never to be mentioned by God again amen and I'm telling you amen as much as he'd like to the devil can't go through the water praise God once you put your sins in the water he can't get them anymore he can't go through the water Amen. That's why we got to be baptized and get on the other side and rise to walk in newness of life. Because God has prepared a place for us and we need to get through the water to get to it. Amen. Our, our text verse, Exodus 23, 20 said that, that, that God said, I'm going to send an angel before you to keep your, the way and bring you to the place that I prepared. Of course, that place is talking about the promised land. Amen. And the promised land, there was a body of water that they had to get through to get to the promised land, which was the Jordan River. And God did another miracle and piled that river up and they walked across on dry ground and that river bed. And that was a miracle. But let me tell you something, folks, how awesome God is. While the children of Israel were in the 
400 years of Egyptian bondage. And also while they were wandering around in the wilderness after they came out of Egypt for 40 years, what was God doing? He was preparing that promised land that he had promised Abraham that he was going to give to his descendants. He was preparing it for them. How was he doing it? With all those other people that were living there that were making it what it was. They were building houses. They were planting crops. They were planting orchards and vineyards. Amen. They were irrigating. They were doing all kinds of things. Amen. They were building cities and walls and digging wells and doing everything that you needed to do and building pens for the animals. All was ready to go. And when the children of Israel said, hey, it's time to, when God said, it's time to cross. Amen. Praise God. The Bible said in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10, when he was talking to get future, he goes, when you guys cross, this is what's going to happen. It shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities. Which thou buildest not, and houses full of good things, which thou fillest not, and wells digged, which thou diggest not, and vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantest not. When thou hast eaten and be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. God had the promised land fully furnished and move in ready. You know, these house hunter shows where they're going, hey, is all this furniture included? Yeah. All those appliances are included? Yeah. The little portable jacuzzi in the back, can I have that too? Yeah. It's all there. It's turnkey. It's fully moved in and ready. Amen. So praise God. That's how God did it. Now they had to go across and they had to fight for it, obviously, because it belonged to those people. But God promised it for the, to his people. So they had to fight and win it over. Amen. But I'm telling you, anything that good that God wants to give us, folks, it's worth fighting for. Amen. And we're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. We're going to have to fight for love and fight, amen, for truth and for grace and mercy in our lives. But it's well worth the fight. Amen. You know, the prophet Jonah, he had like four different things specifically prepared for him. When he didn't go to Nineveh, he went the other way. We know the story. I'm not going to get into it much other than that he was tossed into the, uh, the ocean because the, sink, the ship was going to sink. And when they said, we don't know why we're having this, and Jonah said, I know why, throw me overboard. And they go, no, no, we're not going to. You see this storm, you'll, you'll drown. It's like murder. He said, I'm telling you, throw me overboard, and you guys will have smooth sailing. So they finally go, well, okay, dude. And they threw him overboard. And God had a great fish. Could say it's a whale. I don't care what you want to say. He said God prepared a great fish. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Let me tell you something. If somebody else could have fallen overboard and that fish would have been right there maybe waiting and he would not have swallowed that other guy because that fish wasn't prepared for him. It was only prepared for Jonah. Amen. And I'm telling you, God's got stuff prepared for us whether good or bad amen and we don't want to do his will and we want to go the other way amen he got a fish that'll only swallow you amen 
And then he goes and he preaches to Nineveh. And he gets up and he gets up on the side of the hill. And the Bible said, and the Lord God prepared a gourd. He prepared a gourd for him. They came up and gave him shade. And he was and he loved it. And he was exceeding glad for the gourd. And then God prepared a worm the next day. Amen. And smote the gourd that was and it withered. And so, hey, he got the gourd, and then the worm ate the gourd, and the shade was gone, and he was all fired up again. And then it came to pass, when the sun did arise the, the next day, that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat upon his, Jonah's head, and he fainted and wished himself to die, and said it was better to die than to live. So God prepares things specifically for us. Whether to teach us a lesson, why did he do it? Amen. Because he loved him and he wanted to help him and he wanted to teach him for future. Amen. What you need to do when God calls you to do something. Amen. We need to do it like God wants us to do it. And then we won't have to have some of these things prepared for us. Amen. But I'm not talking about just bad things. Amen. I'm talking about God has prepared good things for us too. Hallelujah. Amen. What I'm saying is God prepares specifically, uniquely. Amen. Like fingerprints are never the same on anybody and and snowflakes are never the same there no there's no one identical snowflake even though it looks all snow to me yep that's all snow no amen you see sometimes we only praise god for the things we perceive are good that he prepares for us we need to praise him and thank him for everything he prepares for us even if it's a test or a trial to help us be better people for him Amen. And when it comes to eternity, the Bible says that God prepared two places for a specific purpose. One of those places is hell. It's also called the lake of fire. It was called a place of everlasting punishment, a place of everlasting destruction, a place of everlasting contempt, a place of outer darkness, a furnace of fire where there will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, a place of unquenchable fire. Amen. Mark chapter 9 said to be cast into hell fire. So the, those that are going there are cast into hell fire where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. What does that mean? It means it's not just something that whoever goes there, amen, is just burnt up in a, and like you throw some trash in a, in a rubbish bin that's on fire, and then as soon as in a couple of minutes it's burned up and gone. No, amen, the worm dieth not. The fire is not quenched. Amen, it's an eternal place of torment. It's a terrible place. Nobody, amen, should want to go there, praise God. Amen. And it's a place of torment night and day forever and ever. And what many people don't realize is that hell was not made for people. Originally in its design, when God prepared it, because he prepared it like he did everything else, like I just said, for a specific purpose. Amen. It was not prepared. Amen. For people. He specifically prepared and created it for the devil and his fallen angels. 
Amen. Matthew 25, 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. It was not the intent of God for people to originally go there. Amen. Hallelujah. And as soon as those angels fell, God began preparing this place for them that he would put them in someday. Now the angels aren't in hell right now, the fallen angels. Satan is not in hell. Everybody has a misinterpretation of that situation. Amen. Because he's not the king of hell. Hell is a place of torment and punishment for him that he will spend eternity in. He's not there yet. He's got a long chain on him. And so do those demons. They are put in chains right now. As soon as they fell, amen, God prepared that place. Jude 1 verse 6. And the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation, he hath reserved an everlasting chain under darkness, under the judgment of that great day. But we see in Revelation 20, when you get to the end of the Bible and everything's wrapping up, amen, that the beast, the Antichrist, the false prophet, amen, and Satan himself and, and, and is cast into the lake of fire, amen, and he will forever be there. You see, this lake of fire, this place, hell, was created long before Adam and Eve were ever around. Long before they, they, they ate of the forbidden fruit. It was not a place prepared for people. It was prepared and designed specifically to punish angels, and that was it. So I have a question based on that. Why would anybody want to go to that terrible place, amen, when it's not prepared for them? I know this is not fun. Subject. That's why I left the second place for the last part of the message. Amen. Praise God. You know, many years ago, I preached a sermon entitled, What in Hell Do You Want? And I was carefully worded it. You know, I was like, easy boy. What in hell do you want? Like when I see, when I just told you all about it and what's, what's going to be there and how it's, it's a terrible place, like why would I want to go there? If I believe in God, then I have to understand that the enemy is real and I have to understand the place of God's habitation and this other place. Those are real too because they all come with the package. In the beginning, God, if I believe those first few words of the Bible, then I need to believe all this stuff, amen, and understand. And so if I do believe that, then why would I want anything to do with that place? And it's up to me. But sadly, because of man's disobedience and sin and rebellion against God, this horrible place had to be expanded to include the evil, the wicked, the abominable, and all that goes, those that go against God and His kingdom and His plan. Isaiah 5 verse 14 said, Therefore hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure, and their glory and their multitude and their pomp, and he that rejoices, rejoices shall descend into it, and the mean man shall be brought down, and the mighty man shall be humbled, and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. Yeah. Amen. You know, another name for hell is, uh, is called, another uh, phrase for hell is called the second death. Has anybody ever heard of the second death? You've read about it in the Bible here and there. Revelation 20 verse 14 said, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. That's this place prepared for the demon, the devil and his angels. This is the second death. 
Amen. Revelation 21.8 said, The lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Amen. But I have good news. Revelation 20 verse 6 said, Blessed and holy is he or she that hath part in the first resurrection on such the second death hath no power. Amen. That perks my curiosity and my interest. I'm going to get in on this first resurrection business. I don't want no part of that second death. I don't want no part of eternal judgment and eternal damnation and eternal torment. Amen. And flames and all that stuff and outer darkness. I don't want no part of that. But if I get a part of this resurrection, amen, this first resurrection, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, how do I do that? I got to partake of that second birth. In order to escape the second death. Amen. That's how it is, folks. Amen. I must be born again. I must be born a second time. If I'm born only once, I'm going to die twice. And that second death is, a, is the bad one. Praise God. But if I'm born twice, I'll only die once. And my, I might not even die once because he could come back right now. And I'm still alive. And I'll go without even dying. Praise God. So I need to be born again. So if I'm born twice, I don't have to have die twice. Amen. I like that. Yeah. Amen. That's God's mathematics there. Those that are part of the first resurrection have been born again and will be ready when the trumpet sounds. Amen. And when the catching away, the rapture of the church takes place. The first resurrection, you know when it started? It started, amen, on that Sunday morning, many, many, almost 2,000 years ago, when a grave could not hold the Son of God. Amen. And when He resurrected out of that grave, that began the first resurrection. He's the first fruits of the resurrection, the Bible said. Amen. And He's the resurrection and the life. And so He grants the resurrection to us and we get to buy into. We get to be a part of and sign on to the first resurrection. Romans chapter number 8 verse 11. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Which means if I'm dead in Christ, like if I died serving the Lord and He hasn't come back yet, amen, or if I, He will make that body somehow, however that's going to work, He gives me a new body or whatever, I don't think the old bones are going. I just think we're going to be changed and I'm going to go. Amen. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13 said, But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. The word asleep means another name for dead. That ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep or die in the Lord Jesus will God bring with him. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's the first resurrection group, and I want to be part of that group. But I got to be born again of water and spirit. Amen. Enough of that place. 
There's another place much more fond of. Amen. The other place God prepared is for those that are part of that first resurrection. Amen. Because even the Old Testament saints are going to be part of it. Amen. They're all going to come and they're going to rise with everybody. The other place, amen, is, of course, a place, amen, prepared for God's people. Matthew 25, 34, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So God was not only building a place for the devil and his angels a long time ago, he was, amen, also building a place for his people that he had not even created yet. John 14, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Don't wonder what's going to happen. Let me just tell you about it right now. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I like that place. That's sounding better. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered in the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Amen. Those that love the Lord and live accordingly and, and you know, we know what we've, we've already talked about. Amen. God is going to reward us. He's, he's rewarding with a special place prepared. And eye has not seen it. Ear hasn't heard it. We can't even really even contemplate it in our hearts trying to imagine it. Amen. The things which God has prepared for them that love him. Amen. Hebrews eleven sixteen. But now they, talking about God's people, desire a better country, that is, a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Amen. And then when we get to Revelation 21, the second to the last chapter in the Bible. I'm just going to read one verse. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. You see, folks, the place he prepared for us is not heaven in general, because we we consider heaven as the throne of God, even though he fills heaven and earth. Uh, we, we, what we believe is that he has prepared a special city, a new Jerusalem. The dimensions were even given in the Bible, in the Revelation. And it's for those that, that love him, those that are part of that first resurrection. He gave them, he built them this city. I believe it is part of heaven. Amen. But it's a, a unique, special place incorporated into heaven. I think heaven's so huge. Amen. That this is part for for all the people. Amen. That have served him over all these many centuries and millennia. Amen. I saw that holy city, New Jerusalem coming down. It was prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Amen. Praise God. 
You know, there's that song we sing that has that chorus. Amen. Amen. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. I got joy when I think about I got I'm happy when I think about. Amen. You know, he's healed my body. That's what he's done for me. He's forgave me of my sins. And then this one verse that really a couple of weeks ago was the catalyst for this sermon. We were that one, this one verse said, he saved me from a devil's hell. That's what he's done for me. Yes, thank you, Folks, it's not our hell. It's a devil's hell. You say, well, why is, why, why, you know, why are people even going there? Amen. I'm just telling you, I don't understand the whole situation other than what the Bible says. Amen. And why he did what he did. But I just understand that this is the plan and we got to go according to the plan. I want to go to the place he prepared for me. Praise God. Amen. They say, well, who's going to be in hell? Amen. Is, is there going to be good people in hell and all that stuff? There's a lot of contemplation. You know what? There's a lot of definitions of good out there. Amen. And, and the Bible said people have done, do, you know, people do everything and the, they're right in their own eyes. And, and uh, uh, you know, we, we've gone on our own way and gone astray. And there's so many things. Uh, amen. Because, you know, we, we, we think, well, only the most terrible among us will be in this place. Uh, amen. And that that is definitely uh, partially a true statement but it's more than that amen because he's prepared the other place for them that love him amen so there's got to be a love for god since there's only two places there's got to be a love for god amen and a willingness to be born that second time and to walk with him amen that's why i'm encouraging all of us amen to just be appreciative hallelujah and understand what he's prepared amen across the board it's our choice folks really it's our choice amen God loves everybody. He doesn't want anybody to be lost. He doesn't want anybody, amen, to go to a place that wasn't prepared for them. So it's up to us. He came and he did it all. He died on the cross. He bled for our sins. He body was broken for our healing. He 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 went he he uh, did it above and beyond and went the not even the not only the second mile but the third and the fiftieth and the hundredth mile for us. He did it all, and now he gave it to us on a silver platter. Here you go, Amen. Praise God. I thank God for a place He prepared. Amen. Would you stand with me? What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and may God bless you.